And I am Aware Now. Aware Now, the official platform for causes. Tune in and turn it up as we raise awareness one story at a time for the causes that tie us all together. A career of cross-country commuting is not for every nurse, but it is for this one. An eternal explorer, Michaela Schuldes, is a travel nurse with a beautiful smile and beautiful ink to go with it. Specializing in labor and delivery, she accepts assignments in hospitals across the country, bringing care and compassion to the new lives she welcomes to the world. Michaela, you went to school, you got your degree, you became a nurse. Why a travel nurse? Michaela, please tell us the pros and the cons that come with this career of choice. Right. Um, so I always knew I wanted to travel and I found out about travel nursing when I was in um, nursing school and I was like, wow, this is really cool. Like you get paid to just travel around the world and like work at different hospitals. Um, you do have to have a little bit of like experience going into it. So they want you to have about like two years under your belt. Um, but with COVID and everything that happened with that and hospitals being so, so short staffed, I started with like a year and a half of nursing under my belt. I had had like six to nine months in the ER and then um, about a year into labor and delivery. Um, so I started kind of early on, but I knew I wanted to do it because the pay was really well. I mean, that's one of the big obvious perks is that we get paid for not only our hourly work, but we also get paid a housing and a food stipend and we get paid weekly. So um, that's kind of nice because it makes all of the traveling and having to like pack up and move every three to six months really worth it. Um, so that's kind of why I picked it. I was able to like pay off my car within the first two assignments. I'm like working on my student loans now and then hopefully just like save and save. And then when I feel like I have a place that I love and like want to settle down, I can have like money to do that with. Um, another reason why I really like it is because I love to learn. Um, so I go to different hospitals and I have an idea. I mean, everybody has a baby the same way for the most part, but the way that hospitals do things are different. So I like that I get to pull bits and pieces from every unit that I've worked on um, and all these different hospitals. And I get to kind of like develop myself as a nurse. And I have these tricks of the trade that I learned from all these different places or, hey, this works really well here, but it didn't really work well at this other hospital. So it's nice to be able to learn um and just like obtain so much knowledge like early on and then when i go to other hospitals i share like my tricks to the trade or like hey like this is what i think and this is what we did at my old hospital like what do you guys think of that um so that that part's really enjoyable to like be able to share my knowledge um but it is hard like having to move um place to place and like all my my entire life is like stacked up on my car and in the back seats of my car and I travel with my dog and my two cats and thankfully they're like really good travelers so they do really well with it but it does get kind of exhausting and stressful trying to find a new assignment and I just found my next assignment which is going to be in Phoenix Arizona which I'm really excited about um it's going to be really hot but I'm excited to like be in the mountains and be kind of like closer to the west coast where like my friends and family are too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah I can definitely see the pros and the cons 
uh, that, that come with the territory. Um, you know, so, so let's dive a little bit deeper here. So of all the mm -hmm. specialties to select, uh, you know, you chose labor and delivery. So having been pregnant myself and having mm -hmm. delivered in a hospital as a mom, I personally know how important your role is in the delivery room. So your experience is very different from that of the woman in labor. As mm -hmm. a nurse, what is the best and the worst part? Um, so I love labor and delivery and I'm like really passionate about women's health. So I love just being able to like interact with my patient. And I, one of the first questions I ask her is like, hey, like, do you have anything specific you want for your delivery? Like, what are your thoughts? Because everybody, I think, from the time that they knew they wanted to have a baby has an idea in their mind of like how they want their delivery to go. Um, and I've even talked with my friends and I'm like, Hey, like, what are you thinking for your delivery? Like, cause it's just, it, it's interesting to hear what things are important to people and what things, you know, maybe are not on their top priority list. So I love getting to know my patients in this environment. I get to witness really, really, really strong, like connections and love. Um, between my patients and their family members, which is my most favorite part, um, mm -hmm. and get to hear their stories. I always ask, like, how did you guys meet? Like, how long have you guys been together? Like, you know, just questions like that. Is this your first family's first grandchild? Because I was the first grandchild. So I know that, like, this baby that we're about to birth is going to make impacts in these people's lives. And I've gotten to be a part of people's first baby. I've gotten to be part of people's only baby because they were, like, an older couple. And like they knew that this was their one shot. Um, I've gotten to be a part of people's first daughters, first sons. Like, so it's just, it's so cool to like get to experience that. And I'm so thankful that I get to be a part of their experience. And um, my patients are always like, you know, thank you so much. Like, we really appreciate your help. And I'm, I feel more like I'm thankful for being, get, getting to be a part of their experience and getting to take care of them during that journey. Like, I, I just, I love it. Um, on the flip side though, we do have cons to labor and delivery. It's very busy. It's really exhausting because you're pouring like so much emotion and you're you're also carrying a lot of emotions, especially if the delivery, you know, wasn't expected to go the way that it is. You know, like the patients will be very upset because they feel kind of out of control. So you're carrying a lot of emotions. Um, mm -hmm. And with that too, we don't always have good outcomes. Um, so every once in a while we'll have a stillborn that we'll have to deliver um on the unit and it's just it's really sad um my heart breaks for those families again i'm thankful that i get to be a part be there for them and like support them through that but it's the worst day of their lives like they're losing a child um and so those are the definitely the nights that are the hardest and i can remember every stillbirth i've ever had you know i've had hundreds and hundreds of deliveries but those kind of like stick with you a little bit more too. So I guess that would be probably like the biggest con of it. And it's not even really a con. It's just like, a, it's a harder night. It's a harder shift. Right, right. But to know that you're there to be able to support them, that has got to make you feel good inside to say, you're not doing this alone. We're here for you. And, you know, to have that opportunity too. the flip of that. Um, right. Well, as a mom, thank you for all the moms out <laughs> there. <laughs> Thank you guys. I love what I do. I love that I get to do it. It's, it's really so much fun. And I've had a couple weeks off now in between assignments and I'm just like, so ready to like catch a baby. That's what we call it. We say I'm going to catch a baby. 
Because sometimes you do, they just fly out and you, you're just going to catch them. Yeah. I wish that would have been the case with me. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and having played softball, like you're used to, you know, catching things, throwing catching things, you know, it's, yeah. so that goes that way. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, so we're going to switch gears again here. We're going to go to COVID. So COVID has mm -hmm. affected us all um, directly or indirectly. It's affected everyone. And it's affected nurses, though, in more ways than one. So let's yeah. talk about vaccinations. So those vaccinated and those not vaccinated come through the hospital in need of care. And for those providing care, there are those who are vaccinated and those who are not. You are one who is not. So please share why you made this decision and the personal and professional effects that, that that's had on you. Um, so I think I'm probably one of like the far and few in between. I don't know a ton of nurses that chose not to get vaccinated. It is a little bit of a touchy subject. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, certain states feel stronger about it than others. Um, I personally, just when the vaccines became available to nurses, I it wasn't really like I was waiting on the edge of my seat, like first in line ready to get it. I was kind of like, okay, that's cool. They became available. And the more I did research and the more I thought about it, I just felt like I personally wasn't ready to do it. Um, I've had like my own health concerns where I wonder if the vaccine is gonna exacerbate those um, concerns that I have or conditions. Um, so I decided not to get it. As of right now, it's you know still very like new and a different kind of um, like variation of vaccines because it's done with the mRNA. So I just I wanted I wanted more time, and thankfully, I've been able to still continue my job and work and. Um, be be allowed to you know have that bodily autonomy mm -hmm. at the hospital as a healthcare professional so I am really thankful of the hospitals that have allowed me to you know come work at the facilities because not all of them are allowing that there are hospitals where they don't accept exemptions and there are hospitals that like go their nurses because they didn't want to get vaccinated mm -hmm. and so I'm just I'm really glad that I've been able to find hospitals that will still allow me to work and care for patients because that's really all I want to do like that's all it's about and um being able to like have a choice and in what I put in my body is like really important to me and it's really important to my patients too um and with my patients you know they care about what goes in their body as well and so if they come in and they're like we, we ask everybody about their vaccine history like have you got the flu vaccine before like have you do you have the Tdap vaccine do you have the COVID vaccine? And if they say no, I'm like, well, do you want it when you're here? And they're like, no. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And like, we just move right on. It, uh, it doesn't matter to me. Um, and I have had, you know, worked at places where the nurse will come up and she'll be like, hey, just, you know, they're not vaccinated with COVID. I'm like, okay, like, right. it's fine. It's right. not the end of the world. Like, it's okay. You know, but for some people, you know, they really hold on to that vaccine and they feel like it makes them feel safe. Right. And um, um, so yeah, it's just, it's their prerogative. If they want to get it, they can get it. If it makes them feel safe to have it, like that's fine. Um, for me, it didn't bring me any more comfort. Maybe it made me feel even like a little bit more anxious or discomfort. Mm -hmm. So I just decided not to. And thankfully, like that wasn't an issue. Um, in my profession, there was concern that it was going to be, you know, so I'm glad that mm -hmm. it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, Everyone, every little 
child that you welcome into the world is very happy that it wasn't an issue as well mm -hmm. um, because all the things that you're doing to support so many um thank goodness so let's switch gears yet again when roe versus wade was overturned our country mm -hmm. was pulled apart even more than it was before as a nurse you will now be pulled in directions i'm sure you never thought possible so what are your thoughts on the Supreme Court's ruling to overturn? And then um, what are your thoughts as a nurse and as a woman? So as a woman, like I'm very angry, I'm very sad, I'm really disappointed. Um, and I'm really scared, you know, for other women. Um, and I'm, it's just, and the people that are running our country, I think they've failed women greatly. As a nurse, I'm very sad. I am very angry. I'm also very disappointed. And it's scary too, because um, a lot of people don't know, but there are like intentional abortions is um, used in, like that's the term, that's a medically correct term. And it's used in healthcare um, to save the mother's life for whatever reason, or if, it's also known as like a DNC. So if you have a miscarriage and, or you're miscarrying and all of the contents of the uterus don't come out, um, then they'll go in and do a DNC and take it out. That is also like considered um, a form of induced abortions. And then there's spontaneous abortions, which the general public would know those as miscarriages. Well, technically it's still an abortion because um, your body is aborting the pregnancy. Um, and there's also ectopic pregnancies. There's so many different things that encompass abortion that are now not going to be accessible to women. And um, to hear stories about ectopic pregnancies that weren't surgeries weren't be able weren't able to be performed because of the state that they were in, and the mother it ended up being more harmful to her care, and it, it causes a lot of unnecessary harm um, to the patients. So as a nurse, it's really scary. As a woman, I'm just really frustrated. The topic about we're not stopping abortions from happening, we're stopping safe abortions from happening. We know pre-Roe um, in the United States history that that's true, that women were using coat hangers and other tools to um, get to terminate their pregnancies. Um, so that's concerning. Another topic that I don't think gets discussed very much is that this greatly affects people that are living in poverty or in the lower socioeconomic status of our country. Um, so women in states that don't allow abortion, that have money, have the ability to still fly somewhere and get an abortion. And they're allowed that resource and that access because of the money that they have. Um, and so women in lower socioeconomic statuses and poverty will not be able to have that same opportunity. Um, and what we do know is that a majority of those people, of those women, are women of color. So when you think about Clarence Thomas, who's on the Supreme Court Justice, um, and he is a man of color, and he's also the most conservative, and the one that was really voicing and pushing hard for this, um, he's kind of hurting his own people his own you know race and it's just it's it really blows my mind um and then on the flip side of that too i think the biggest thing that anybody could do in this time is to get 
to research and obtain knowledge and learn about what abortion means, all the different kinds of abortion, because it's not just women out there that don't want their pregnancies and they decide to get third trimester late abortions. Like that is super, super rare. Read some statistics in the United States from reliable sources because it'll tell you that those are really rare. Those are often very much wanted pregnancies and they've had to been terminated mostly because the baby is not going to be compatible with life because third trimester, I mean, you're talking, your viability is a lot higher. So there's something going on with that baby medically that says this baby will not have a good quality of life. And speaking about quality of life, I did, you know, I was listening to a podcast while I'm driving to my, all my destinations recently. Mm -hmm. And, um, this podcast, one of the doctors was talking and said, you know, there's a lot more to living than just being alive. And so thinking about the positions and the lives that these children are gonna have when the mom was like, hey, I'm not ready to have this baby. My body can't handle having this baby or my life can't handle having this baby. And then they're forced to, what is that child's life gonna look like? Are they gonna be stuck in generational poverty now because their mom never had a chance to get herself out of it and start a family when she was ready? Like, is the government going to help supply money for food, money for health care, money for school and daycare? Because daycare is really expensive. Like, my best friend pays $1,400 a month for her kid to go to daycare. So it's, it's very expensive. It's not feasible for everybody. And, like, women should get to have their choice in that. Just like men can choose not to be a part of the child's life. And, you know, they don't have to necessarily pay child support like they don't you know um so i think it's an attack on women and their ability to um participate in society Mm -hmm. as like active participants if they're stuck at home with kids and they can't pay child care so they can't work so they don't have any money like it it's a domino effect and it just creates more poverty more generational poverty and it, it's not helping women become active, like strong members of society where they can run for Supreme Court, where they can be a CEO, where they can, because not everybody has the same opportunities and resources. Um, got super passionate about that topic, but <laughs> I've, I've listened, I've been doing a lot of research because, you know, Roe Ro v. Wade was um, instated before I was even born. It was instated in the 1970s. So this is the first time in my life where I've, lived in an era where we don't have the same health, bodily autonomy rights as men do. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely something that I'm not okay with. I don't want to live in a lifetime where that has to happen for decades and decades before we learn our lesson. Right. Right. No, absolutely. And that's a great point. Um, you know, thank you for going on. Cause it, so let me just applaud you for a couple of reasons. One, you know, in the what we talked about with, with COVID and your decision, your choice with the vaccine, um, with this subject, which is really a hard one for people to address at times. So thank you. And I applaud you for having the strength, having the courage to use your voice, to share your views, to empower other people to do the same. So thank you for that. Thank you for giving me a platform to do it. Yeah. Well, absolutely. And now that we've talked about the heavy stuff, Let's mm-hmm. lighten things up. Uh, so because you are a light, Michaela, when you walk into a room, let's face it, things change. Your smile is infectious and mm-hmm. your ink, your ink 
and my well, ink, yeah. <laughs> it reminds me that Jack and I need to get more ink. Uh, this is true. So let's talk about your ink. Let's have fun for a moment here. You're a nurse, not a nun. Uh, nice. What's your favorite <laughs> tattoo? Your favorite, you've got some beautiful ink. So I'd like to hear what your favorite is and what your next will be. So my favorite changes every day based on like what I'm wearing, you know, certain outfits. I feel like my tattoos pop in different ways. Um, but I think right now I just finished like my full sleeve. Um, last summer and it turned out really really great i got it four years apart from each other so like did the first half first and then finished this bottom half and mm. it was done by Harry yoga which i know you're familiar yes. with and she's in portland oregon and um, love her and love her work and um everybody you know stops and is like wow your sleeve is just really good and i just love being able to share um who she is and the work that she did on my body with mm -hmm. everybody um, my next tattoo, I don't know what my next tattoo is, but I did just get like a new one that kind of like wraps around my knee mm -hmm. and it's got me itching for like a full leg sleeve. So I would oh love my. to just like, yeah, take, take my time, but like add things everywhere, um, to kind of like do a whole leg sleeve. And that one on my knee was actually done by a friend of mine. Um, and she's in San Diego, Alexa. Oh gosh, she's gonna kill me for butchering her name, but I think it's Baricelli. It's it's Italian. Um, uh -huh. She's actually from um, New Jersey and then came out to, or New York and came out to San Diego, and is a mm -hmm. phenomenal realism tattoo artist. Love her work as well. Nice, nice. Well, yeah. for sharing your ink, for sharing your stories, for sharing your views, and um, just thank you, Michaela. Thank you for yeah. helping all of us become a bit more aware now. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Allie. <laughs> Tune into our podcast, subscribe to our magazine, find us and join us online. Visit IamAwareNow.com. We will no longer wait for permission to change the world. Together, we are aware now. <laughs>